0: Hello and welcome to another episode of The Good Vanilla, a Barefoot Contessa podcast where the chicken stock is homemade, store-bought is just fine, and the vanilla is always good. I am your host, Nick Kachanov, and for today's episode, I figured since we are fresh off of the Academy Awards that just happened at this point two days ago... I would choose an episode with an Oscar nominee, an Oscar-nominated director. I actually went through this whole existential crisis right now because I thought that Rob Marshall won Best Director. I'm talking about Rob Marshall, who's on this t- today's episode. I thought he won an Oscar for Chicago. I was like, certain? I think I've actually said that at many parties and podcasts, so I can't believe that I had that information wrong. The Oscar that year, it was 2002. He was nominated for Chicago. And Roman Polanski won for The Pianist with Adrian Brody. That was like the Halle Berry kiss. And uh, that was the same year as The Hours. It was a good year for movies. Um, I would have accepted Stephen Daldry getting an Oscar for The Hours, too. That would have been lovely. But really, I I kind of like... It's like revisionist history over here. I, I really thought that Rob Marshall won. I had to change it in my notes because I, I wrote... Today's episode with an Oscar winner, but unfortunately, I mean, it's fine. Chicago won Best Picture anyway, so really, Rob, you won. I'm sure it was a great night for you, all things considered. But um, Rob Marshall, who if you don't know, as I just said, directed the movie adaptation of Chicago in 2002, Uh, it is, I mean, in my humble opinion, the best movie musical adaptation, at least in like the past 20 years. I'm not going to go like pre 2000 because those that really is like the golden age of like maybe not so much in the 90s or 80s but like seven like cabaret and funny girl and like oh my gosh so many other movies but um but rob marshall what other what other musicals like in the past 20 years it's like chicago is like the template hairspray i actually really like hairspray (laughs) i like the musical hairspray i know some people think john travolta was ridiculous But I had a great time. I'm always excited to watch Hairspray. You Can't Stop the Beat is one of the best, like, closing numbers of any show. So you can fight me on that one. Um, Oh, Dreamgirls. Dreamgirls is absolutely, like, second in line for me, I think, next to Chicago. I think Bill Condon directed that, who actually wrote some of that. I think he wrote the screenplay for Chicago, or at least helped write. And then what else? Into the Woods? Into the Woods is... uh, that's fine. Oh, wait. I think that was actually, that's actually Rob Marshall as well. He directed Into the Woods. So sorry, Rob, didn't mean to throw shade. I do like Into the Woods. I think there's so much of, I don't know, there's so much expectation of what you want the musical to be. Like, for instance, I I love West Side Story. It is it is my number one show, my number one score. Rita Moreno is my queen. And they are uh, doing a modern day They're—I almost said rebooting it, but that's not what they're doing. They're—they're. What am I trying to say here? We'll just go with rebooting. So, but they're making it. Steven Spielberg is directing it. It's a fresh new young batch of, um, you know, youth in Hollywood that is taking on, uh, you know, I think one of the greatest movie musicals of all time. I can't believe I didn't say that along like side Cabaret and Funny Girl because West Side Story is, I think, one of the best movies ever made. Um. And I, I'm so protective of it, but, like, I am open. Like, the they showed, a uh, like, a trailer yesterday uh, at the—I'm uh, recording this on Monday, but on Sunday night, they showed, like, a little sneak peek at West Side Story, and it got me real excited. Um, Ariana DeBose, who was in Hamilton, she played, like, the bullet in Hamilton, which— That's a that's a kind of a deep cut if you don't know what that means. But um, she was also in The Prom, The Prom uh, on Netflix. She was one of the leading girls. So I I have full faith that she I mean, I would not want to step into those shoes of Rita Moreno as Anita, but um, I'm excited for it. So I think that most people are typically like upset when a movie musical comes out. But um, I'm always like pretty stoked to see. You know, uh, you know, I'm I'm glad that other people can be introduced to these shows and maybe go back and revisit the Broadway shows or the the original cast recordings, which are pretty. You know, th- those are they're always going to be better than the movie, maybe except for West Side Story. I don't know, but um, so that's that. That's my little <laughs> that's my little musical roundup. Um, oh, but Rob Marshall. In, in case you also don't know, Rob Marshall, he directed Mary Poppins Returns which was lovely. I had a good time watching that movie. And he also directed memoirs of a geisha. So there's that. Rob Marshall. We'll talk a little bit more about him in a moment. Um, I also have some other bad news. I'm just going to say it quickly as to not to prolong the agony. I did not attend Cherry Bomb's Julia Jubilee last week, which if you don't know the context behind that sentence I really must sound like I lost my marbles. But the Julia Jubilee, as I said in an episode, I don't know, two weeks ago, was uh, the kickoff of the Julia Jubilee is a sort of celebration um, by Cherry Bomb, which I believe is like a magazine or some sort of publication or organization um, that holds the Julia Jubilee every year. It's the celebration of the life and times of Julia Child. And to kick it off this year was Stanley Tucci and Ina Garten. And I raved and just like said how excited I was and then it happened last week and I I didn't forget about it I was working on Thursday again I I don't know why they did it at three o'clock in the afternoon on a Thursday like Eastern Standard Time it just really messed with me and um I woke up that day and I had a fairly bit you can just never you never know how the day's gonna like take off when you're working like a nine to five you know corporate job things just like blow up and I, uh, around lunchtime, I was like, okay, cool. I'm just going to like buy a ticket. And if you remember, it's like in these tiers, it was like $10. And then there was a $25 level and a $100 level. And it was all sort of by um, donation, like whatever you feel like you could pay for. That was the ticket price that you bought. So I went to buy the $10 one and it was sold out. I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll pay 25 It's It's all good. It's going for to a good cause. And that was sold out too. So I clicked the $100 ticket level, but that was also sold out. I don't know if I would have paid it, honestly. I mean, I love it. I love both of them dearly, but um, $100 is, uh, is a lot for me. Um, but I, I'm thinking one of two things. One, maybe it really was sold out. Or two, maybe they were just no longer selling tickets, and they closed, like, the portal to buy tickets. So... I did not see it. I did not do like a Google search to find it. Like if someone has a bootleg of it on YouTube or, I mean, I'm sure they wouldn't go right to YouTube, but if anyone out there watched it and can get me access, you know where to find me. BSA, no, BSA pod. (laughs) That's my other podcast. Uh, The Good Vanilla. um, So Good Vanilla Pod on Twitter, or you can just email me at goodvanilla at gmail.com or Good Vanilla Pod. My goodness. I'm just so distraught over this, as you can tell, but, um, you know, onward and upward, maybe it will, an opportunity for me to watch it down the road will present itself, but I'm sure it was lovely, and I'm sure they had a great chat. So let's get into this episode. This is Back to Basics Season 2, Episode 1, and it's called Barefoot to Go. So the intro goes like this. My friends Rob Marshall and John DeLuca are editing their movie right up the streets. I told them they could call me for takeout, but they're too polite to call, so I'm surprising them. I'm going to bring them breakfast and lunch for them and their entire crew. First, I'm making a big basket with fruity homemade granola bars and lots of breakfast goodies from the store. Then for lunch, a hearty delicious lentil veggie soup drivel- <laughs> driveled- drizzled with olive oil and lots of parmesan cheese and grilled fresh tuna rolls with spicy wasabi dressing. It's portable. It's delicious. And it's barefoot to go. <laughs> Ugh! apologize there. That was, that was a long intro. A lot of twists and turns there. Um, So the first thing she makes is this granola. I've never made homemade granola. It really is like one of the most simple things you can make. And I th- I'd say for the most part, pretty healthy. I have like a few things to say about granola, but let's get into it. So she is making them the night before, she says, because no one wants to wake up at 5am to make granola bars. I mean, I second that, Ina. So she starts with old fashioned oats, and as opposed to quick oats, which I actually love, like, and she says this too, she likes the kind of like the crunch, quick oats can get a little, they're like, kind of soft to begin with. I know when I'm making like a smoothie, um typically we actually do quick oats but we accidentally bought like a huge bag of um old fashioned oats um at Costco or something so it is a little bit more like like smoothies it doesn't like quite grind it all the way down unless you like really go for it but I kind of like a little bit of it's not like crunch I don't know but it's good kind of tastes like overnight oats which is also delicious Um, so she starts with, uh, two cups of old fashioned oats. And then she puts a cup of shredded coconut and a cup of almonds. And then she's like, pretty healthy so far. (laughs) She, she bakes all this for like 10 to 12 minutes at 350 until they're nice and golden brown. I think she says, this is nice and healthy. I don't know why I had to correct myself there, but, um, she just makes me smile. Um, so next she starts making the mixture to, bind the bars and this is where like i mean it starts with three tablespoons of butter and then it's two thirds a cup of honey and i feel like honey can go either way like at the end of the day i feel honey has a pretty maybe it doesn't i don't know but i feel like honey has a pretty high sugar content it yes it's better than you know a two thirds of a cup of just like granulated sugar by far but then she puts a quarter cup of brown sugar on top of that and then some good vanilla and a dash of salt so again All of this is healthier than like, I don't know, what's something you would get at like a gas, like a bag of chips at a gas station, you know, like if you're on a road trip. I always like sometimes if I take a granola bar, I'm like, ooh, I'm being so healthy or like a banana. But then like I like instantly like regret it. I'm like mad that I brought the banana instead of like (laughs) and then I have to eat it. Um, But that's okay. Granola is a good option, ultimately, is what I'm trying to say so she takes the oats, the almonds and the coconut out of the oven, pours them into a big bowl. And then she adds a half a cup of wheat germ, which is the berry of the wheat and what makes whole wheat, whole wheat, if that makes sense. Um, I never bought wheat germ. I don't I don't know. I mean, I know what it is. I just (laughs) I just told you what it is. But I don't know what other recipe. Um, I wonder if it's like is it like, in the same, like, vein of, like, nutritional yeast? I don't know. Nutritional yeast is awesome. The first time I ever had it, Kate, if you're listening, was at your house. And I know it's, like, a big deal in, like, the vegan community. It's basically, like... I actually don't know what it is. I mean, it's yeast of some sort, but it's a substitute for Parme- Parmesan cheese. And it's so good. If anyone is just, like, looking for a cooler alternative to Parmesan cheese, like, go for the nutritional yeast. It's, like almost impossible to find in a store like a regular store but like whole foods definitely has it it's like kind of expensive it's like i don't know seven or eight dollars for the bottle like i don't know like little tube a canister whatever you want to call it but um it's awesome uh so in addition to the wheat germ she adds half a cup of dried cranberries half a cup of dates speaking of dates i saw this tiktok where it's called it's like the i don't even know what you would call it like a snicker challenge or something like that where you get a date without the pit and you open it up a little bit like a little hot dog bun (laughs) and like you put just like a little glob of peanut butter of your choosing and then what's the other thing you put in it oh no i can't remember something else oh chocolate chips sorry i just like left my body for a moment but i'm back (laughs) So you put the peanut butter on it, and then you just sprinkle, like, a little bit of, like, mini chocolate chips on top. Like, not a lot, just, like, a couple. And you eat it, and it's supposed to taste exactly like a Snickers. I want to try it, honestly. Every time I see the the dates in the grocery store, I'm like, maybe today's the day. But um, maybe I'll try that in, the, in like, the next – like, in the next uh, couple of weeks or so, and uh, I'll report back on the Snickers versus dates. Because if that's, if that's really um, – if they taste like Snickers, I'm in. I'm in. I feel like that's, like, such a cool, like, healthy alternative. Um, and after the dates, she puts in half a cup of dried apricots. And then she adds the honey brown sugar mixture and, uh, you know, gives it a mix and spreads it out into, like, a, it's like a 9 by 13 pan, but it has, like, it's, like, pretty substantial. It's, like, a two and a half inch, like, tall pan. Anyway, um, she bakes them for 35 minutes in a 350 degree oven. And uh, next we cut to the next morning and there's, you know, some B-roll footage of her turning on the coffee, squeezing the orange juice, putting the yogurt in the basket. I don't know why, like, I love that shit. Like, I could watch someone get ready in the morning for like three hours. Like, that sounded creepy, but you know what I mean? I, I just think that there's something like really relaxing about watching something really mundane such as like I don't know someone getting up in the morning and like getting the paper and making coffee and just like it just it's very inviting and like warm and it's just like it's like so perfectly executed like in the show I just want to like I just want to sit at the counter with Ina and just you know stare into her eyes um so where do we go next? Sorry, I just I just got lost there in that dream world. Um so we finally I think Ina says something about John and Rob. Um so they're they're actually at this point in time they are editing the movie, or I guess the trailer for the movie Nine. And Nine is also a musical that had like an incredible cast, but it turned out to be a just like, okay movie. I will say this though, the nine trailer is top notch. And honestly, I've said it so many times before Fergie. Yes, that Fergie is the best part of the movie. She sings the song be Italian. And that's what like the trailer is about. Um, or that's like in the background of the trailer is that, um, I'm looking up the IMDB here so I can just read you, I typed in the movie Nine, and it didn't even pop up. Oh, there it is. Okay. So Daniel Day-Lewis starred in it, um, and I believe on Broadway, there was like a revival with Antonio Banderas and Jane Krakowski and Laura Benanti. If if you're not a Broadway fan, I know this is like a lot of like, it's pretty Broadway heavy today, but just go with it. Um, But in the movie, we had Marion Cotillard, one of my favorite actresses, Penelope Cruz, who is arguably the most beautiful specimen on the face of the earth, in my opinion. Nicole Kidman, Judy Dench, Sophia Loren, Kate Hudson, Fergie. I mean, it's a movie about women, and I just love it. Um, I don't know, Nicole Kidman, there's a song called Unusual Way, and she took it down like an octave and a half, I swear, and I was upset about that, but... I won't, I won't dwell on it, but honestly, that trailer, if you don't watch anything else, just pause the podcast and watch the trailer for nine because after seeing it, I like jumped out of my seat because it had been a while. What year did that come out? Let me see here. 2009. So that was seven years after Chicago too. And I had been waiting for the next like Rob Marshall thing. Um, and it turned out to just be okay, and I don't know if that's whose fault that is. Sometimes it's just really hard to adapt musicals, so i'm not gonna I'm not gonna throw him under the bus um but Fergie's amazing anyway. um, so they showed John and Rob just like chit chatting, and I think John says, "Why don't we take a break now and then we could come back to this and Rob is like. I don't know. Really? know he says, Really? We're so behind, John, and I think we should just keep going and forget about food for now. And John kind of like leans back in his chair and he's like, Okay, okay. It's very natural, actually. In like the grand scheme of like, you know, cut to Ina's friend who she's talking with this episode. It's this is actually one of the better ones, I think. Um So we go back to Ina who is cutting up the granola bars. Uh, she tips the pan upside down. So they fall out and they fall out just perfectly. She cuts them into like fairly big slices. I'd say like, I don't know, it's almost like a three inch by three inch or four inch by four inch like slice, which I like. I mean, it's the size that I would want. Let's be honest. Um, cause I would just be going back for more. So I like that they're, um, sort of individualized and she wraps them up in, uh, parchment paper but before she does that she's she does a quick taste test she's like crunchy sweet and so good for you <laughs> so she packs up the basket um which again is just like this is the dream to have like the barefoot contessa just like packing you breakfast and bringing it to you so she packs up some yogurts which are store bought um she says they can eat them out of the container <laughs> i was like obviously <laughs> As opposed to, I don't know what the alternative is for that, but, um, then she has some fresh raspberries and blueberries and some fresh squeezed OJ. I, uh, fresh squeezed orange juice really is like, there's no comparison. Like there really isn't. Like when you have it compared to even like the best orange juice out there, unless it like, yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to think of like the, the top shelf orange, orange juices. It's, it's never going to be as good as fresh-squeezed OJ. But every time I buy it, like, at a restaurant or a cafe, it's always, it just feels, like, so expensive and, like, stupid to buy it. So, I don't know. I We do buy oranges every once in a while, but I never think to juice them. So, uh, there's that. Uh, and on top of the OJ, she packs up some really good coffee, is what she says. So, next, Ina delivers this huge, like... It's a really big basket. It's It's not a basket, like... A picnic basket. It's almost like this big square. I'd say it's like, I don't even know, like two feet by three feet. It's really humongous. I don't know how she managed to carry all that in without like spilling it all over the floor. She, because So she walks in the house and she's like, hello, anybody home? And Rob and John walk in and they are just, you know, completely shocked and surprised that she's shown up. It's just funny because like, obviously they know she's coming, but they do a really good job of you know going along with it and Rob says what is this and Ina says I brought you breakfast and Rob says oh because you know we didn't have any and it's like (laughs) just like this whole conversation and she gives them both hugs and a kiss while carrying this basket honestly I'm impressed uh so everyone is chomping on some granola bars um Someone, I don't know if it's Rob or if it's John, uh, gives a little nibble to Gilly, which is Rob's dog, which I think eventually, um, down the road here, probably in like the next month or so, I'm going to have Miss Amanda Kaczynski on the podcast. And she has requested to do a dog episode. If I would have known that, I probably would have saved Pooch Party for her. But there is another episode with Rob and John where they make... um, homemade dog biscuits among amongst like other things so that's the episode we'll probably do so look forward to that and uh what else is here okay so Ina says I have to go because I'm bringing you lunch and Rob says oh no stop it (laughs) it's just like the gayest sentence ever the way he says it but I just love it I just love like I love that they're friends I wonder I just want to know is it just because they both live in East Hampton like what's the story there I feel like Ina's a Broadway gal maybe. She was at the um she was at the opening of Into the Woods the movie because we know that because Robbie Roselle was there. So I mean clearly she's in with Rob Marshall to some extent or to a lot of extent I would say. Robbie, did she sit at the same table as Rob? Text me. <laughs> um so Ina bids everyone farewell as she's leaving Rob's and uh, someone within the house, I think it was Rob says, how lucky are we? I mean, pretty dang lucky. That sounds like a great day. Um, so next Ina goes to the seafood shop for tuna and the farms. I wrote farmstead. Is that what I meant to write? Farm stand, probably for the veggies. Um, so there's just like, you know, some B-roll footage of her just like walking in the store. She... It's really cute. One of the uh, the cash, uh, the cashier is what I'm trying to say. Uh, she's like checking out and Ina says, thank you so much. Say hi to Peachy for me, which I just thought was cute. I love that nickname. Uh, so next Ina is back at the house and she is ready to cook this lentil vegetable soup, which sounds great. I love lentils. I love a lentil chili. Um, for anyone who might be turned off by lentils, it's like I don't know. Is it a legume? Is it? It's a. It's almost like a bean, but not a bean. Um, I'm just gonna. I'm gonna type in what is a lentil. Let's see what. Let's see what old Google says. Okay, the lentil is an edible legume. Um. Yeah, there we go. So, which is the star of this soup? Um. In addition to the four cups of chopped onions. And th- which is about three large onions. And I have to say, one time I made. Ina's chicken chili a long time ago, and I think it called for like three cups of onions. And I I, I put in like, I like chopped up and measured three cups of onions. That always makes me a little nervous when it's like, you know, three cups of, uh, three cups of spinach or three cups of like tomatoes or chopped tomatoes or something like that. I never quite know. I mean, I know what it means on paper, but like, how do you measure cups of spinach? Do you just like, because you can like really pack it in there. Or you can just, like, dump it on there and, like, hope for the best because spinach is always, like, shrinking. So, I don't know. Maybe there are some tips out there. um, If you listeners know, let me know. Uh, So, next, she cuts up some leeks. She cuts it at an angle and advises they have a lot of sand in them. She says, no point in making soup if you got sand in it. I don't know if I've ever... I probably have had leeks in soups before. But I can't, like... Even just thinking of a leek, I can't really think of, like, what that tastes like. I feel like it's a really mild sort of onion flavor. Sounds delicious. Uh, So she chops up some garlic and puts in some fresh thyme and cumin, uh, as well as some green lentils into the pots. And she uses the French green lentils, of course. Uh, She covers them with boiling water and lets them soak for 15 minutes. That's, like, separate from the leeks and the onions and the herbs. And then she chops up some, like root veggies, some carrots, uh, and some celery, three quarts of chicken stock, homemade if you have it, and then a quarter, quarter teaspoon, or maybe a quarter cup, I don't know, quarter cup sounds like a lot, I just wrote one-fourth, so either or, um, and she has the tomato paste in the tube, which I think is, like, such a, a nifty invention, every time I get tomato paste, I mean, I only need, I, I buy that little can, but then I don't know what to do with it, so I think, I think it's time. I think it's time to upgrade to the tube and just um, and just go that route. Uh, so after 15 minutes, she drains the lentils and adds it to the soup and brings to a boil and then just kind of lets it simmer for an hour. Soups are great. You just like throw everything in and forget about it. Um, moving on next to the tuna rolls. This is like the second week in a row with tuna, or at least like a tuna steak, or at least tuna being like you know, the main event for one of the dishes. So she cooks a one pound tuna steak, two minutes on each side, and she does this steak, as compared to last week, looks how I'd probably like it. It's a little bit more cooked in the middle, but it's still kind of pink. Um I know I know warns us she's like, Don't ever don't ever overcook tuna. It's dry and tasteless. And she looked, you know, very severe when she said that. Uh so next She whips up a vinaigrette for um, the tuna rolls. It's almost like a lobster roll, but like tuna roll. Um, So she has olive oil, lime juice, which I found really interesting. And then she adds, it's not wasabi like as we know it when you order sushi. It it looks like a wasabi powder, which is interesting. I didn't know that that was, I mean, I guess it is like a a spice. You could use it as a spice. Um, She puts half a teaspoon in. Wasabi is not my favorite thing. I usually don't really use it when i eat sushi i also don't really love the ginger but i like sushi um she also puts some soy sauce five dashes of tabasco very specific and some salt and pepper and after she mixes up the vinaigrette she chops up some avocados her avocados always look so beautiful i just like don't know how she does it like I mean, we all know that there's just like a very brief window with avocados. It's like, it's like not ready, not ready, not ready, ready. You missed it. Now it's all brown and gross on the inside. <sighs> but, um, you know, that's the risk you take when you buy avocados. But hers are always great. So she chops them up and then she adds the vinaigrettes to the avocados. Yeah, to kind of keep that because like the citrus um sort of stops the the avocados from browning. So next she chops up the tuna and then adds it to the avocado and the vinaigrette, and just gives it like, oh no, she doesn't toss it Yes, She um, adds a little bit of green onion, some red onion, and then some toasted sesame seeds. Yes, with the sesame seeds. I think that's like the perfect little touch for, to this dish, really. Um, and then she gives it like a gentle toss, I'd say, because she doesn't want to break up the, the avocado. And then she kind of just assembles them. She adds a small bed of arugula into each of the buns and just kind of like, you know, tops them off with the tuna-avocado mixture. And what is next? Finally, she's finishing the lentil vegetable soup. She tops it off with a little, just like a splash of some red wine vinegar for a little bite, she says. And then she packs up some olive oil and Parmesan so everyone can just You know, drizzle a little little bit of olive oil and then a little little parmesan on top. Sounds delish. And then she writes on the bag "barefoot to go." It's very cute. Uh, So next, she goes back to John and Rob's house, and they're all sitting like poolside in the backyard. Um, I'm glad that Ina joined them. Sometimes in these situations, she kind of drops off the dinner. Or lunch or whatever it happens to be. And then she's like, I won't stay long. I gotta go. But I love that she's joining these. um, It's John and Rob and I guess like the rest of the crew that's like editing it. It's only like three or four other people. And the pool is beautiful. Um, I wonder how like economical a pool in East Hampton is. I guess it's not New England. But like, I just feel like it's very cold there. I guess, I mean, obviously it's summer for a good amount of time. I don't know why... In my mind, East Hampton is like Vermont, <laughs> but it's clearly not the same thing. So I'm assuming they probably get a good amount of use out of that pool. Pool. I said It's Very Pittsburgh of me. Um, and John says he's so glad that, uh, that Ina could join them. And Rob says, this is so divine. And it really is. It looks delicious. Um, they're all just kind of munching on it. And they're kind of finishing up, and then Rob says, "Well, Ina, we have something exciting to show you." And then Rob tells Ina that he uh, that she's gonna get a sneak peek at the trailer for Nine, and Ina loses her shit. She's like, "This is so exciting!" She really is excited. I would be too. It's Rob Marshall. I mean, come on. So they take Ina in to watch the trailer. And I honestly like the way that Ina reacts to this trailer is the way that I reacted to this trailer because it really is like so good. Um, Oh God, that number is so great. It's like if you've seen the number, um, Chicago, like the cell block tango, where all like the women are just like going for it. And it's, it's one of the best numbers in Chicago, I think, or at least in the movie. Um, This number is very much in the same vein. It's like Fergie, and there's like chairs and sand and just like women and tambourines. It's awesome. Um, So after Ina, they finish watching the trailer, and Ina, the last line of the the episode is, "I think that deserves dinner," and then they all just laugh and uh, fade to black. (laughs) That's really it. But a great episode. I love Rob Marshall. I love his films. I hope he makes something great again soon. I know, I guess like um, Mary Poppins Returns was like the last big thing he did. But I, again, love that him and Ina are best friends and that they just like pal around the East Hamptons all year. It's really a lovely friendship. But that's the end of the episode. So thank you again, everyone, for listening. If you want to follow the podcast on social media, you can find it on Instagram and Twitter at goodvanillapod. And you can also send me an email at goodvanillapod at gmail.com. Especially if you have that Stanley Tucci Ina interview. Hit me up. Also, I have made a group for The Good Vanilla on Facebook. It's very searchable. Just type in The Good Vanilla and you'll be able to find us. If you are enjoying the podcast, please be sure to subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Also, if you want to know where to get more of me, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Nick Kuchanov. And you can find me on my other podcast, The Best Supporting Podcast, every week with Colin Drucker. Thanks again for listening, everyone. Stay safe, and I'll see you next time.